0: Hello, and welcome to week two of the Forage program. So I am laughing because this is your first time seeing it, but it's about my 10th time to record this. I, not the whole thing, but different pieces of it. I have a problem with perfection and I just keep saying things that I don't like and then starting all over. But I'm making a pact with you that this time we're just going for it, granted. I made that pact with you the last five times, even though you're unaware of it. So here we go. At least one of the times that I say that, it's going to stick, right? So this week, we are going to be talking about the story of scripture. This lecture is going to be broken into three parts, and this is the first one. So last week, we talked about the stories that we live in, and Kyle argued that one of the most important questions that we can ask ourselves is this, what story am I living in? What story? I living in? What story impacts and influences all of my decisions and way of thinking about myself and the world and God? Perhaps the second question then that we ought to ask is, is it true? Is the story I'm living in true? Because the harsh reality is this. If you are not living in God's story, then it is not true. Things will not just get better. In fact, things might not be okay you are not your feelings your achievements your accomplishments for better or for worse this country one day will fall apart not might will it will not stand being good enough is not enough it's not So hopefully you've begun to work on your life map assignment and considering some of the big transitions and um, maybe shifts of thinking or worldview in your life. And I would guess that for many of us, the times when we've experienced the biggest change in perspective or in life is when we've been living in one story that was not true and it got to the end of its usefulness or its worth to us and we exchanged it for another so just as a very small example, I remember very clearly when I first moved to Dallas um, in 2008, I didn't have a smartphone because um, that's, yeah, you know, how old I am. I don't know if that just aged me or if we're all on the same page. Anyway, do we remember pre-smartphone days? I'm not really sure, but um, I used to have to use MapQuest. Oh, yeah, MapQuest um, to figure out where I was going. So I didn't know the city at all. And anyway not to make this story too long but i would get lost frequently because i didn't have an ability you know to to figure things out but i would tell myself all the time it's okay it's okay you'll get it next time you'll get it next time and that began to really infiltrate not just how kind of the story i told myself about driving but really it was at a time in my life where everything was new work was new marriage was new new church all of this stuff new city of course home like a new domestic thing and I just kept telling myself it's okay you'll get it next time except the problem was that a lot of times I didn't I didn't get it next time and I remember really clearly a couple of years in um, just really struggling with that idea of i had been telling myself that I'd get it next time and then being like but I'm still making a lot of mistakes I'm still really struggling and it's, there was a lot kind of woven into that story for me. There was a lot also of earning my salvation and my achievements defining me. And I had kind of summed it all up and it's okay. You'll get it next time. And I really had to confront the reality of, yeah, you, you might not, you might not, you will continue to mess this up. God's grace needs to be sufficient. Even when you get lost after you've lived here for however many years I've been here, how many is that? 2008 to 2020 twenty? Twelve? Is that right? Math is not. Math, technology, not my thing. Languages, I'm okay. So, anyway, that's a very small example, but I just to continue since we're in, since I'm in storytelling mode and we're telling and we're talking about story. Um, as an example to illustrate, I think, why knowing the true story is can be so important. Um, I'll tell you one more. Last year, wait, last year, I don't know. 2019, is that last year? feels like 2020 has been a doozy, right? Well, 2020 has been a doozy for the world, but 2019 was a a big doozy for my family. So I was a few months, or I was pregnant with our third child, my son, Wade. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started having these really terrible headaches. Um, And they were, um, it was a really weird and bad situation. And I um, ended up, turned out that I was leaking brain fluid out of my spinal cord and there wasn't really anything that they could do to fix it, particularly while I was pregnant. And so I spent about eight months um, unable to get out of bed for the most part. So it would be um, extreme excruciating pain if I was standing up or sitting up or really if I even just like lifted my head up this much. But if I laid flat, some days it was fine and some days it was less fine, but it was livable. So needless to say, that was really challenging. It really shaped how I thought about being a mother, about a wife, about a community member. I was very, very needy in that moment. I think the hardest thing was realizing, is realizing, that um, we didn't know if it would change. It was pretty, It's a pretty rare thing. And so they didn't have any good data or information for me as to whether or not it would get better. And some of the people that I met who struggled with it as well, um, they were years into trying to fix this, you know, this problem. And so it really forced me to have to think very carefully about the story that I was living in. And to trust and believe in a way that I had never had to before, that my life is about more than simply what I can do for God or do for others. I also had to remember in a very, very real way that this life is not all that there is. I just kept asking myself the question, what if this never changes? Is my life still good? it still worth it to God? And in that moment, in the pain and in the fear and the question asking, um, I was so grateful that the years of digging into the word of what you're doing right now, of building up um, your understanding of God's story, they came through for me. I did not doubt God is who he says that he is. I just had to shift my way of thinking and remember in, on a daily basis in my own body that this world is not all that there is to offer. And so I suppose in some ways that's what I want to offer to you. I want to offer you a better story, a story that will hold you and keep you and last you no matter what can come at you. That neither death nor life nor principalities, nothing can separate you from the hope of Christ. Because when you see where we've come from and where we're going, nothing can thwart you or discourage you. Now, it's kind of a lofty goal. Maybe to put it all, uh, try to keep it simple for us. Let's, let's, Let's at least aim for this. Our goal for this upcoming year is to retell and rehearse the one true story, God's story the story of scripture the story that we are all really and truly living in whether we know it or not so these lectures are aimed um, at giving you a map just giving you a map we're not going to see all the sites taste all the food experience all the views right now we're going to take a step back and we're going to map out the route that we're going to then journey on for these next 22 weeks so the details and um, the texture will come, but not today. So that is where we are headed. I'm going to go ahead and try to share my screen and do this little PowerPoint thing if I can figure out the tech piece of it. Um, and so if you are listening on audio, you're going to obviously miss this part. But for whether you are on audio or whoever, um, or, or if you're watching it right now, these slides will be in um, our Google Drive. So you can look at them later, take notes, whatever. Um, Just as an aside or a pause while I'm getting this situated, I would recommend um, that if at all possible that you take notes and you can do that later. You can um, obviously, I don't recommend writing in the car if you're listening to this in podcast form, Uh, but taking notes will very, very much help you learn and this is um, it's not that you necessarily even have to go back and look at the notes later it's simply that the act of doing that will help you synthesize this information better so it's not that i think my information is awesome it's that i want you to be pondering it for your own self so anyway here we go the story of scripture so to be honest um, planning out these lectures was particularly challenging for a couple of reasons one, because as Kyle pointed out on Tuesday, this is kind of my hobby horse. It's the thing that I love to do. I think as I sort of told in my own autobiographical story, that's because um, understanding the story of scripture just changed, changed me, changed my faith so much. And so I want so badly to be able to communicate it well to you. So that was one reason why um, it was hard to plan it out. But the other piece of it is that there are a lot of different ways to tell the story. So if you were to go into a Christian library or bookstore, you would find um, a big section on biblical theology. So hopefully all theology is actually biblical, meaning based on the Bible. However, we use biblical theology as kind of a categorical term to refer to taking an idea or a belief about God and tracing it from the beginning to the end. So we're watching it develop over time. So that's something that's a little bit more of what I'm an expert in. So Kyle is more of an expert in systematic theology. So systematic theology is taking a step back and looking at the Bible as a system of beliefs or doctrines and looking at its beliefs in their final form as opposed to um, in their developing form. So that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to kind of explain that to you and orient you. If you do go into a Christian bookstore or library, um, although a lot of Christian bookstores have a lot of fluff. So um, maybe, I guess it depends on what kind of Christian bookstore you go into. But anyway, if you did, you would find there are a lot of different ways to tell the story. A whole, whole lot. Now, there are right ways and wrong ways for sure. Better ways and less good ways, but there are a lot of really good ways to share, to tell the story of scripture. And so that's, it's really hard. You want to kind of pull it all together when you're prepping these lectures or telling the story. And the reality is think about telling even um, a story of a major event in your own life. I mean, how many different ways do you tell it depending on who you're talking to, how much time you have, etc. And yet the punchline is always the same. So we're aiming for the same punchline, but we might get at it in a few different ways. Now, if you took all of those books, I think you would, and you categorize them, you would find that most of them fall into two kind of big buckets. So the first would be telling the story of scripture through theme. And so this would be taking one specific idea. For example, I think I listed out what garden, city, vineyard, or more um, less tangible, like sacrifice and redemption or blood. And looking at how those ideas first pop up in the Bible toward the beginning, usually, and then how they um, change or just tracing them through the line. Themes are really, really helpful. They give us a lot of texture. They give visual imagery. They um, help us to understand the story in a very, very real way. However, themes are not very helpful if you don't have a backbone to put them on. So I think, um, so a lot of what we'll be doing over the next 22 weeks really is taking some of these themes and unpacking them. But what we want to do today first is build out the plot line. Now, I am saying plot line and not timeline because when I think about the idea of a timeline, I'm thinking about a chronology of events and essentially a set of data to be memorized. You know, this year, this, this year, that, this person's name, et cetera, et cetera, right? But what I'm talking about now is not just a set of data, although I do want you to um, know a lot of data about the Bible. What I'm talking about in this instance is a plot and plots have a beginning, they have an end, there's a climax in between, they're filled with characters and villains, there's twists and turns and you don't know how it's going to um, necessarily how it's going to, to play out. And that is a whole lot more than a timeline to be memorized. So we are going to, let me see, switch this over here. Um, We are going to uh, talk today about the plot line and try to get some of those foundational um, points kind of laid out for us, the the beginning, the middle, the end. I'm gonna try to get you excited about the story and then over the next several weeks, we'll fill in with the textures and the imagery of the themes. So what I would love for us to start with, now if we were in person, I would make you actually do it with me, but what I'm going to ask you to do is this. I'm going to ask you a question, and what I would really like is for you to pause the video or the audio and answer the question. So you could, um, so here's the question that I would like you to answer. Can you sum up the story of the Bible in one sentence? How would you do it? are you back did you do it if we were together i would have us all answer that or i would i would love to hear how you had answered that but we are not therefore i'm going to just have to share with you oh i think maybe i'm sharing the wrong thing hold on one second sorry guys technical difficulties and then also my daughter decided to barge in i guess that's the downside of working from home. But the question was, how can you sum up the story of the Bible in one sentence? Hopefully you took a minute to actually answer that yourself. And then um, we're going to, I would love for you guys to carry that with you um, when you get together with your small group and to share that. But I will go ahead since I don't get to hear your answers yet and share with you how I would sum it up. God made a way to dwell with his people in their place according to his plan. God made a way to dwell with his people in their place, according to his plan. It's not the only way to sum it up. It might not even be the best way, but it is a good way. And more than I want you to know my way of summing up the Bible, I want you to do the work and to find your own way of making sense of the entire story of scripture. Now, just to make it more challenging, what about four words? I guess that's eight, isn't it? So four. Can you sum it up in four words? Again, pause the recording, at least stop and think about it, even if you can't write it down, and answer. Four words. Did you do it? So this one, I think that even without being able to hear from you, I'm guessing that there's at least some of you in the audience that have heard some of this, or that we would would have some of the same words as me. So this is something I think is not terribly uncommon or unshared um, among us. Creation, fall, redemption. And then I learned restoration, but I would say now that glorification would be a better choice for the fourth word. So creation, fall, redemption, and glorification. Glorification, because I think the idea of restoration implies that we're going back To something but revelation is about more than simply restoration we are headed to something new to new creation something that is far more glorified so we're going to talk about that more in a second but these four words creation fall redemption and glorification give us a general movement for the bible genesis through revelation this are kind of four words to characterize the plot line here are another four to sum up the themes. Not all of them necessarily, but these are going to be our signposts throughout FORGE for these next 22 weeks. Presence, people, place, and purpose. Presence, people, place, and purpose. These are not the only ways to to sum up the themes, and it probably doesn't um, include everything in fact, but it is going to be what is going to give us character and um, or uh, give us a way to plot our place in the story of God as we go throughout the semester. Now, I want to go back for a second to this idea of creation and new creation, or kind of the specifically the idea that there is a movement What we're trying to do is not recover Eden, but go to the new Jerusalem. So um, I would like for us to whiteboard for a second, different ideas about creation and new creation. So if you were thinking about creation, just kind of, you know, brainstorming, what ideas would come to mind? Probably Adam and Eve serpent, lots of green. I always think green for some reason. Um, I'm probably heavily biased by kids, um, like children's storybooks, you know, and it's always very lots of floral and and all of that. But here are a couple of ideas that I um, have for us or would suggest. So when we think about creation, one of the things that we, that should pop up the most commonly, I would argue is good, right? Every time. Oops. Sorry guys. Here we go. Beginning and the end creation. Okay. Good. Good to very good. Everything that God made was good. And then we, when he creates us, he says that we are very good. But here's the deal. Is sin possible? Well, it is, isn't it? Because it happens. Sin is possible, which means that creation is vulnerable. Hmm. Creation is vulnerable. Incomplete. How about that one? How does that sit with you? That's not always the first thing I think about when I think about creation, but let me explain this. When God creates Adam and Eve, he places them in a what garden, but it was the garden and he, the garden is, you know, this beautiful and it's ordered and it's a sacred place and he tells Adam to work it and to keep it, which is a priestly work, which, um, we, we know that it's a priestly work because of things that he says later in Genesis or not Genesis later um, in uh, the Torah. Um, so he, you know, he has this idea for the garden, but it is not all of creation. How do we know it's not all of creation? Well, they get kicked out of it. So there's garden and then there is not garden. Now it's not super obvious in Genesis um, w- w- how, you know how garden and not garden relate to one another, but theologians for a long time have considered that there's it's this is somewhat speculative, but I think that it is something that we can um, that's okay to speculate about that God intended for the garden to be expanded. Regardless, even if you're not sure about that, what we can say is that it was incomplete in some form or fashion, it had potential. It had potential for the garden to expand. It had potential for Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. It had not yet become all that it would or could be. But above all, God dwells. So now let's turn to new creation. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I think about heaven or historically, maybe pre-seminary, whenever I would think about heaven or what happens when we die or when this whole thing ends, I think clouds, pearly Gate, St. Peter, little angels floating on clouds with harps or something like that. And that has very, very little to do, if anything at all, with the picture that we see in Revelation of where this whole thing is headed. So I think Revelation scares a lot of us and that's why we don't dig into it and we don't really know what to make of it and so we just ignore it. But when we ignore it, we ignore a really important part of the story. So here's a few things that we know about new creation. It's not just good. It's perfect. Perfect. Sin is impossible. Brokenness is impossible. And that's the hope we hang on to, isn't it? That every tear will be dried. That There will be no more hurt, no more pain, no more sadness. It will be permanent complete whole full there will be no lack and above all will be glorified and God will dwell he will dwell with his people now here's the question friends oops hold on how then do we get from creation to new creation That is the question. If creation is where we began, the beginning of the plot, and new creation is where we end, there are a lot of twists and turns and climaxes along the way, and you and I are characters in this story. So it would behoove us to know better how we get there. And that is what we are going to pick up in the next two lectures.